Welcome back, everyone, and happy hump day. This is Brown Bag Bets, powered by Bets where your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen after a little break for the U.S. Open. Sorry, folks, couldn't find a quiet space to do the show. So Andy and Matt held it down. And we're back here. I don't go, Andy. I mean, I listened to a little bit of it, but, you know, how, how was Matt? Did you do a good job? What do you think? Uh, you know, he was shit at tennis. Like he didn't know anything about that. But I mean, That's honestly, okay. I was just reading. I was reading your stuff anyway. So, no, it went fine. I think we had a fun week. And yeah, it is. As you can see, if you're watching, we have a guest hanging out below us because we lean on we lean on some people here. Uh, and some of the sports we're not so hot at. And college yeah. football is definitely. If anybody's heard me tell the story, like I take Saturdays off to hang out with my family because I just absolutely neglect them on Sundays. So I don't get into this college football. Mostly the weekday games is what I get to watch. But yes, Rich Lamons at Rico underscore D underscore Gaio. It's like a, it's a joke about like the salsa, I guess. It's a pretty good Twitter name, better than mine. And yeah, he's a, he's a little deeper into the college football. Somebody I've read his writing for quite a while. And yeah, how are you doing, Rich? Doing pretty well. How are you guys doing today? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Football's in the air and you know, well, Andy and I do like the pretty good, so I can't actually hear him, but Andy's nodding, so. Yeah. No, I, th- I think uh, I think it's a pretty good day. We got college football tonight. We have a kind of a college football game tonight. And I, yeah, that was kind of the first question was, last year kind of sucked. They're yeah. canceling games constantly. The only games that you could count on was like Central Missouri would play a game mm-hmm. every week. And then you had the fun stuff with the uh, Coastal Liberty BYU, so kind of a, some underdog stories. And then in the long run, it just ended up being the big dogs in the playoff. Anyway, what are your hopes for normalcy in Corona year two? Uh, well, honestly, it's just excitement. Uh, we got full schedules across the board. Full stadiums are going back to capacity. We have non-conference games. Um, this year, it's kind of big on returning production uh, since the NCAA, despite the fact that they can't really control anything with specific schools or conferences because conferences just do whatever they want, hence the SEC and all that fun stuff. But um, returning productions typically average, I think, 63% I heard from Bill Connolly. Now it's up to 77% for this year just because of the free year of eligibility. Uh, but COVID's still going to be kind of an issue. Um, it's sounding like the NFL last year where they're just going to say, we're getting this done. Um, and the rules are kind of what I've seen is if a team has an issue with COVID, that's going to cause them to have miss a bunch of players. They're going to have to forfeit the game. And if there's a game where both teams have issues, they will both forfeit. So um, I need to actually check on the season win stuff, but I imagine that would still actually count as playing the game since you're getting a result even if the game's not being played. But um, either way, schools, I think, have kind of realized the financial impact beyond just their own athletic budget. Um, You know, say what you want about teams playing cupcakes, but those, uh, (laughs) you know, when Alabama pays a bunch of money to Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Monroe kind of relies on on those paychecks to fund essentially the football program, the basketball programs, you know, track and field, all that stuff. And, and it goes beyond that to the local community too, where uh, a lot of places that are small towns, they rely on the the people, the income during football season. So it's going to be nice to actually have what feels like a normal season, even though there'll still be kind of few stipulations with it. And that's like a, that's an Alex uh, specialty. We mentioned that with golf, but especially with tennis, check your rules. Yeah. Like when you yeah. get to, when you get to win totals, I mean, check, check your rules, especially I had a college football 
teaser that was and i'm embarrassed that i say i had a college football teaser but it was like an eight leg fun it was something i just rounded down but there was a game that got like lightninged out or they did running time in the fourth quarter or whatever and it was a mm. loser but they had to cancel it in the book and i i went and found the rules because they didn't play the full 55 or whatever it was so you know now this is completely different but really double check your rules if you are playing win totals in college football because of you know see what your specific books are going to do for cancels and whatnot yeah most of the time it says must play all regular skis and scheduled games for action essentially so like last year oh goodness i think i think i went two and oh on my win totals that actually made it to the finish line but i had <laughs> probably like seven canceled because it was just kind of like well this is a really good number but i mean who knows what's going to happen so I might as well play it and sure enough it was canceled enough and but here we are, yeah. 2020, 2021 season. So, yeah, and you have a couple win totals, don't you? Yeah, I do. I ended up playing about 12, and there's still a couple that I don't mind. Uh, first one's Coastal Carolina taking over 10. Um, my projection's about 11 for this team. For if you don't remember, they went 11 1 last year, had a great season. The lone loss was against Liberty in a great bowl game in overtime. Uh, their return. I think 19 starters, including quarterback Grayson McCall, who's a good dual threat, good arm. They only lose uh, running back and one receiver, but they've got depth at running back, and they still return, like, their top three receivers and their entire O-line. So, you know, they had a great year last year, 14th in the country in yards per play, 21st in, like, yards per play margin. They were explosive when they needed to. Um and their defense is only losing one starter. Granted, it was the Sun Belt Player of the Year on the D-line, led the team in sacks. But last year, they had a pretty soft schedule, and that kind of helped boost their stats. But this year, their schedule is probably even easier. Um, if you do strength of schedule based on win totals, they're ranked 130 out of 130 teams. If you do strength of schedule according to, like, averaging power ratings, they still rank 130th. Um it's pretty good. Their hardest game is a pick em at App State, but even that's before a bye week or right after a bye week. And the previous week, App State's playing on the road at Louisiana Lafayette. So that even kind of negates their toughest game. Um, with my numbers and projections outside the App State game, every game they're going to be just about a two touchdown favorite as of now. So, you know, we'll see when lines actually come, but it's my projections come out to just over 11 wins. So it's still a pretty good edge. Um, going over 10 is kind of scary because, you know, if with McCall being a dual threat quarterback, he's going to run a bunch. So that it opens up the case for injuries and that's never ideal, but, uh, given their soft schedule, I mean, they've got UMass, Kansas, um, Louisiana Monroe, uh, South Alabama. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty, pretty easy ones on there. And in fact, in the Sun Belt, you play basically all but one team. And they, one team they avoid is Louisiana Lafayette. So, and they've got them. I've got them as probably the highest rated, highest rated team in the Sun Belt, second to Coastal Carolina, and App State's not far behind. Sure. No, I dig that. I was and just my question too is: so do they have twelve regular season games? They do. Yeah, okay. everybody's That's playing. Just, everybody's scheduled twelve. Okay. Everybody is playing twelve, except for Hawaii, who's playing. 13 for whatever reason um and i was have easy travel you know oh yeah yeah um but yeah even regression indicators that kind of worry me 
they rank fourth in converting third down percentages, but super easy schedule again. So, you know, that might drop off, but not significantly. Even if the offense regresses some, like, you know, against cupcake schedule, you know, it's still going to be pretty good. And even they led the country in turnover margin at plus 13. But if you dig into that, there was an exceptional fumble luck. I mean, offense, they recovered – they lost seven to 15 defense recovered nine of 22 fumbles. Uh, they did pick off 16 passes. So that's the main reason for their big number. Their entire secondary is back again and again, soft schedule. So, right. you know, that should regress some just from just year over year, but that'd still probably be a pretty, pretty good strong suit for this team. You mentioned they're going to be, you know, two touchdown plus favorites as you start to look at some of your numbers. Do you think you'll have any interest in backing them? I mean, it sounds like you don't really have too much respect for a lot of the guys in their schedule. Are they going to be able to cover some of the huge numbers we see in college football this year? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Alex. I see your lips moving, but I don't hear any of the words coming out of you. Oh, that's weird. I've never had that word. Somebody yeah. can't hear out. I can hear Alex. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, was asking, he, was asking him, he was asking if you were looking to you know, uh, back them at all as far as covering some of those big numbers. I, my head actually went the other way because I'm, I'm so risk averse on these win totals. I'm like, what about real late? Like, you know, if they need one more win and it's like they're a 10 point favorite, are you trying to shoot for some sort of middle there where they don't cover, but they still get their, their 10th or 11 win or something? I don't know. Are you, sure. do you, do you let total, do you let uh, futures like this affect betting on teams like this throughout the season? I have, and I've regretted it pretty much every time just because I think I don't make a good bet whenever I try to hedge out of it. Um, like last year, I had the Giants under for the win total. I ended up pushing, but I bet Dallas, I think, in that game in like whatever, week 17, I think, and like Giants covered it and all that. And I was like, oh, that was just stupid. Um, but essentially, I try to just separate these as an individual this is an individual bet. If I look to go on or against them during the season, that's a different individual bet. It's no impact to the season win total. Sure. And it looks, yeah, it looks like you took an under here as well with Auburn. What's yeah. The case for that before we get to some games. Yeah. So this one's less value as far as my edge between the market and my projection. I think I projected about 6.8 and taking the big outs about 6.9 right now, but um, I went to Auburn, so I know this team pretty well, and it's we're rated high, I think, just from how we've done recruiting over the years, but we've got a new coach, whole new staff, whole new schemes. It's not looking great. Our schedule sucks. Um, Brian Harrison's coming from Boise State. Uh, he coached one year at Arkansas State, but other than that, he has no real ties to the area, so he's got Mike Bobo, who was the OC at South Carolina last year, and Derek Mason, who got fired from Vanderbilt as the D.C., um, so at least they've got ties to the area, but overall we've got, we lost three, our top three receivers last year. So our returning, our player with the most returning receptions is our running back with 11. So you've got Bo Nix that actually regressed from his freshman to sophomore year from both yards per attempt and offensive passing success rate. And now he's got to learn a new system without three good receivers. I mean, we have talented receivers, but literally no, no ex in-game experience. The two deep roster came out earlier this week and only one actually has any registered catches. So that's going to be new. There's probably going to be more tight ends usage, a lot more 12 personnel and more running game. Um, I mean, our running game is good with Tank Bigsby. He averaged six yards a carry last year, which is fourth best in the conference, but 
again, um, our O-line is good at run blocking, but not so much in a passing game. And in fact, there was a quote earlier this week. Um, somebody asked the coach, has Auburn found consistency along the offensive line? And his answer was, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's not very <laughs> – as a fan, that's not very comforting to hear going into Akron. It's like you can't even lie about that. But re reading between the lines, it's like we're still great at run blocking, but not so much in pass protection. So um, you go to our schedule, we've got to play Alabama, Georgia, uh, Texas A&M on the road, LSU on the road. And LSU is going to be better than last year. They're not going to be the 2019 version, but they're still going to be better last year. And Auburn hasn't won there since, I think, 1999. And that's with much better teams than what we've got this year. Um, we play at Penn State. Um, we've got away games at Arkansas. That's going to be a kind of coin flip, but that's after playing at LSU and Georgia at home. So that's a tough spot there. Then we get a bye week, and then we play Ole Miss at home. But Ole Miss's offense is fantastic, and their defense, while is still below average, is it's going to be better, but it's poor. But if we, I don't see how we're going to be able to make comebacks against team if we got to come down because with yeah. Harrison, tempo is going to slow down. Um, Auburn's typically ranked in the top third under Gus Malzahn in tempo. Um, although it's kind of slower than what people realize. It's, you know, he's known for his hurry up offense, but in reality it's hurry up, get to the line of scrimmage and then look to the sideline for a play. And that takes up the whole play clock. So uh, Harrison at Boise state, the last few years, they ranked like 90s, 90s, 80s in tempo in the country. And uh, for Mike Bobo's one year at South Carolina, they ranked 80s. So it's, it's definitely going to slow down a lot more run run stuff so if we get behind which seems likely at times it's going to hurt and our defense our secondary is pretty great with uh, roger mccrudy's a good shutdown corner and uh we got safety with one of the best names in college football and smoke monday um but our problem is our d-line has lost you know we Derek brown to the nfl we've lost three other starters to the nfl essentially over the years and it's it's dipped down a bunch um last year we dropped from 19th, I think, to about 60th in yards per rush allowed. Um, line yards went ranking from 27th to 88th in the country. Havoc rate went from top 20 to 107th-ish. Um, so it's it's just a drop-off. And with Derek Mason in, um, Kevin Steele was the previous defensive coordinator. Now he's over at Tennessee. He's did a great job making in-game adjustments. And I just don't know if Derek Mason can do the same thing. Um, he's a defensive guy. Maybe he's a better coordinator than coach, but Vanderbilt kept on regressing the last few years since he's been there. So, True. you know, it's, you can't really compare Vanderbilt with the talent that they get in and the recruits to what, you know, he'll have at Auburn, but it's still, I'm a, uh, I'm not excited about this and really, yeah, you've got a, you've got an Auburn shirt on even. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny and you can hear you like, you probably don't even hear yourself <laughs> saying R or we so much. Like I used to do that so much in the Vikings. But, yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably get involved with both these and yeah. But, uh, some picks for this weekend too. If people want to get some plays and look, these are both, there are a shitload of Thursday games. There's some Friday games, but both of these are Saturday. If I'm not mistaken, you had a couple yep. of plays for this weekend. And you were looking to attack them a couple different ways. So, yeah, give me a, give me a quick pitch on these. Yeah, Cincinnati, Miami, Ohio, the victory bell rivalry. Um, this is more of a power numbers play. My number is closer to 27 and a half. Um, for as much as movement as there is, this opened up about 19, went up to about 23 and a half within like a week when they opened up back in like early July and then went back down. I think once limits increase, this will go back up. But 
Uh, Cincinnati's got a really strong team. They're be gonna, they're honestly setting their eyes on trying to make a run for the playoff, which will mean they need to go undefeated and get style points. Uh, the quarterback's back. He's a good dual threat runner with a good arm. Um, and the defense is stellar. They've really been great at getting to the quarterback the last few years. Havoc rate last year, they ranked 14th. Uh, previous years, you know, top 50. Um, and the offensive success rate with what they have coming back is uh, top 30. Um, Miami, Ohio, I was kind of shocked about some of their uh, ranks and stats last year. I mean, they're actually number one Havoc rate defense, but they played three games, and one of those was against Akron. So it's kind of hard to really really take anything from last season into – into consideration. So going back to like 2019, their full season, you know, their, their numbers look more like an average Mac team. Um, you know, they'll, for the Mac, they'll compete. They'll be one of the better teams in their division, but overall, I think the talent gap is pretty big. And just at this number, I'm going to take a stab on the full game in that first half. And that's, I take the first half more just because I think they'll get out to a quick start and kind of reduces the risk of any kind of backdoor cover when he gets to some of these bigger numbers in college football. Sure. Yeah, it looks like the same thing on there in Kentucky. It's a 31-point favorite, but also tickling the first half, or maybe not tickling, maybe you know staking it equally there. Yeah, I stake them equally, but about half half on each, because um, like what you see with the line movement on this stuff, when week one, you know, I mean, in general, college football lines move a lot from opener to close, but, you know, these opened up back in July, so if you weren't getting on them, then it's kind of, you're definitely losing some of the value, but there'll still be some movement come game day. Uh, but yeah, Kentucky, Louisiana, Monroe, this is more just a fade of Louisiana, Monroe, because they are uh, bottom four in my power rankings. I mean, we just saw UConn put up a nice, terrible performance, and uh, I've got them rated lower than UConn. Uh, they've got new coaches coming in with Terry Bowden, uh, who's he spent some time at Clemson, but was more known for his time at Akron and even actually coached Auburn in the 90s. We've got Rich Rodriguez coming in for OC, so I think there's some good hires to the program, but that's not going to change overnight to a team that was pretty much bottom 10 in almost every stat. I mean, um, they allowed, I think it was 85% of red zone trips to score. They were bottom 10 in yards per attempt, yard per rush, defensive pass efficiency, defensive explosive rate, you know, offensive success rate, offensive explosive rate. So, I mean, just, just a bad team. Uh, I mean, Kentucky's got a new offensive coordinator, uh, Liam Cohen. He was on the Rams staff for a few years and, uh, so that he's going to focus on bringing the passing game up to up to up to speed. They were be more balanced this year. They ran about thirty five percent of their plays last year were only passes, so a lot more run last year. So, and the tempo is going to increase. And for what it's worth, uh, this guy was on the UMass staff back in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen as the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and they were top fifteen in tempo when he was there. So. You know, um, it's they were going to. I think they're about one ranked one twentieth in tempo last year, so that's going to increase. And uh, with a new new quarterback, uh, transfer kid from Penn State, new OC, I'd expect them to really keep all the starters in for the full game just to get more reps, more timing on this as they implement this offense. And we're uh, going to face Louisiana Monroe. That is a great, uh, <laughs> great pick me up game to start the season off to get some get some reps in. Yeah, I was going to say, you mentioned that UConn game. It is always nice to get off to a nice, easy start like that. And yeah, that yeah. there was a there was a prop. I can't remember the exact teams, but the, when I did the Friday show with the WinBet Trader, they have a prop over there, and it was like uh, Mass, Louisiana Monroe, UConn. Like it was, it was like the three worst teams versus the next three worst best 
teams. It was it was like a three game win total or a three yes. team win total summation one, and definitely UConn and Louisiana Monroe were, were were in that. So yeah, I saw yeah. a chat on that, and I kind of got a little bit of grief, I think, because um, in my season win total stuff, I don't really rate FCS opponents. So for most schools, I just assume like one win essentially against those, and UConn's playing two FCS opponents, and it's like so my. <laughs> My numbers give them two wins for those, but in reality, it's probably only like you know one point two wins or something like that. Sure. So I was a bit sure. Yeah, it's it's like been. Ken Palm when yeah. when you play a Division two school, it just grades it as a hundred percent win for the projection. So right. All right. Well, th- yeah, a couple picks, a couple season win totals. Thank you. I, I I'll say thanks for Alex. I don't understand why you can't hear. I've never had that. Um, no way there. And yeah, appreciate you coming on, giving us the picks. I'll definitely play those win totals, and I'll look at. See what I already have in the accounts for college football. Cause I say, I don't watch it or handicap it. doesn't mean I don't tail a bunch of other smarter people <laughs> on it. And I include rich in that conversation. So appreciate you joining us today and yeah, good luck this weekend. Yeah. Thank you guys. Take care. It is bizarre, but that's how this goes folks. I, it's always I, an adventure. I can hear you. It is always an adventure and the U S open kind of speaking rules of, it, speaking, of it is, <laughs> speaking of, yeah, they are getting some rain as you've it's been the case in the uh, like i mean just run run through these like like they're all gonna get played let's not even let's not be yeah clear. some of these will well, get pushed till tomorrow because i have a little they only optimism. have so many roofs i have a little optimism because they have two roofs that's pretty good they're playing tennis right now and it looks like we have a window till about 1 1 30 so i think they can get the first section of women's matches in hopefully a couple of the men's matches if they're quick they can get in and there might be another little bit window later but you know, Hurricane Ida has made it way up this far. New York's probably just going to get crushed later tonight. So I think they will get some tennis in. I'm a little more optimistic, but I expect most, if not all, of these to get pushed back to tomorrow. Stevens golf over 20 games. I'll keep it short and sweet. We know what we're doing here. This is going to be a really competitive match. I expect this to easily go over this in two sets. Look at the three set prices. But, you know, as I mentioned, I don't know what's happened over the last month or so. Those have kind of ticked down, and I just don't see as much value in those numbers wouldn't hold it against you if you decided to play it, but um, you know, maybe look at Stevens two one or something like that. I think she's live in this match, but over 20 and a half games looks great to me. That should be 21 and a half, um, but a pretty juicy number. Daria Kasatkina plus 100. This one's actually moved against me a little bit. I'm seeing plus 110s, plus 115s. I have her as a short favorite in this match um, against Marketo Vondrasova. Um, look at the matchup here. Kasatkina has been much better on hard courts this year. Vondrasova, I think getting a little too much credit um, for a pretty easy kind of um, win in her first round. Plus, you know, won the silver medal and has been pretty solid since then. But like Kasakina here at plus money. Um, and then a big dog play here. Kaha Yuvan, um, a younger player who struggled a little bit towards the beginning of the year, has started to play better this last month. Um, I look at this match against Danielle Collins. Collins did um, play a very good first round match. She beat up on Carlos Suarez Navarro, who is in her final year and retiring. I know that Collins is playing with an adductor injury, so um, didn't play this. Uh, I actually really like this number. I have Yuvon like plus four um, and probably would have played this a little bigger. But knowing that we have a break, maybe that gives Collins some time to retire. Either way, I still have this number at four, four and a half. So we're getting a pretty good edge here at five and a half games. And then a plus 450, I've got her a closer to plus 350. Um, you know, even without Collins being injured, she's a pretty solid player. She has the serve in the game that's going to work for these courts. I think the rain might actually help her in slowing things down a bit for her. So we'll see how that goes. Sydney Kova Sakari over 20 and a half games. I have this at uh, almost 21 and a half, basically. 
think this is going to be a really competitive match again. Also has a good chance that it goes three sets. But um, you look at the two of these women on the hard courts the last couple of weeks and in general, a lot of tiebreakers, a lot of seven five sprinkled in there. So like the 20 and a half and then Bianca Andreescu against Lauren Davis. You know, before there were Coco Goff overs, there were Bianca Andreescu overs. And we're just going to keep doing that. Um, 19 and a half games. I have this at 20 and a half, almost 21. Um, there's some 20s floating around. And that's just is fine as well. So happy to continue to play those and may even look at some other Andreas good bets. She's starting to play some better tennis, Andy. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be nice to see her get back to form as she is one of I love her when she's playing great. She's uh, she can be the best player in the eh, yeah, she could she could surpass somebody, I think, if she gets back to form. Um, speaking of getting back to form, golfers are out there, I guess. Again, I, I mentioned this to producer Dan off the air. Nobody outside of maybe NASCAR, it was a good pull by him, closes the season on less of a culmination than golf. This is, <laughs> No one cares about the Tour Championship, the timing with football starting, the fact that it's less golfers. It's a lot of money. That's the only draw, I guess, outside of that. But, yeah, the Super Bowl, the Final Four, the Stanley Cup Finals, all of those things are a lot cooler than the Tour Championship. I have a couple bets. I mean, there's just uh, a couple of top tens. There's not a ton of markets. That's why we didn't do Approaching the Green. I did play some Spieth and Xander Shoffley top ten prices, both around even money. And uh, really, I do like the Sander Price. I did play him to be that lowest scoring. Uh, he's probably my favorite golfer here. It just, you know, head starts aside. This does include head starts. So he has to finish in the top 10 on the scoreboard for both these. And then Smith also, I just, I really like this track for him. I've played him a couple ways. Uh, kind of a tickler bet that's not on the screen. I played Rom wins. Spieth gets second, like in an exacta. For, I don't know, 40, 50 to one, something like that. Rob yeah. and all those pretty low That's price. Fun. But I, I did play a little fun one for a few bucks. And honestly, that I will probably exactly. I, I'm going to look at matchups. If I have anything out, I'll release them today. But it might just be those two I gave out yesterday and these really for Tour Championship. And that uh, close it with a Wednesday, a win bet Wednesday, huh? Might as well. Um, I don't have any football. I'm out. I'm going to do a recap of them next week. We're we're on to basketball. It's all you. You're a win by Wednesday guy now. Win total. Trailblazers. The Trailblazers of Portland, I think, are going to have a really tough season this year, even if they do decide to keep Damian Lillard. We've heard a lot of whispers and thoughts and rumors and reports of requests and offers and things like that. And a lot of that is NBA nonsense and subterfuge and teams doing stuff. Um, you know, anything that Daryl Morey is tied to is something that you have to kind of take with a grain of salt, especially if it sounds too good to be true. Um, but even with Damian Lillard, I look at a team that's made several moves that's going to make their roster thinner. They've moved about three or four um, guys that were solid position minutes out, brought in some players to try to replace them. But, you know, just from a numbers perspective, I look at a team that was almost 10 deep last year. It goes down to about eight deep this year. Everyone gets a year older. I think they're going to be in kind of the 7 to 12 range in the West. It could be very competitive. And I think that there's some teams that are kind of moving up as this team moves down. I think there's a good chance they get passed by at under 44 and a half wins. I have them at 40 wins. Um, you know, so under 500, they'd have to win 42 games to get to that 500 record. So we've even got a two and a half game edge to 500. Uh, again, as I look through and, and make some tweaks, looking at some of the market numbers, some of the wins, their schedule. One of the hardest things about being the Portland Trailblazers, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because everyone has to travel to Portland. It's a long flight to get there. If anyone's ever tried to fly to Portland, 
it's kind of a pain in the butt. You have to go a bunch of time zones over, especially if you're an East Coast team. But Portland has to do that every time they travel. If you look at the amount of distance traveled by teams, um, Portland has to travel, I think, close to like 70,000 miles, um, which is about two, 3,000 miles more than Golden State that's in second. And, you know, about 5,000, 7,500 miles or so less than the next team, which is the Lakers. Every time they leave Portland, they have to experience a big travel spot. I think, again, you look at this team, looking that it's a short team, thinking again about we've got a full season. There's a bigger break than there was before the shortened season last year, but it's still a shorter break than these guys are used to off a tough season coming into a full season. Again, we, you know, you guys mentioned and talked about the COVID stuff um, during Rich's segment there. All that stuff's going to carry into the NBA. And I don't think that you want, again, a team with a short bench with some guys that uh, are getting older and kind of moving on the wrong side of their careers. And if Dave Lillard goes out, this is going to be great. So not only am I taking the under 44 and a half, I'm also going to play them to miss the playoffs at plus 200. I think there's a good shot they get into the plan scenario. You know, we've got that scenario again, Andy, where the top 10 teams, you know, seven through 10 will fight it out um, for the last couple spots. I think there's a chance they might get in there, but at plus 200, I think at the very least we'll have enough equity to get out of that position if we choose to, but I'm not even worried about that. So under 44 and a half wins and the Blazers to miss the playoffs, cross our fingers for a Dame Lillard trade, but I don't even think we need it. Yeah, that's uh that's just like a 500 team. I can see it's landing there. So if you want to make any bets on the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, MLB, PGA, WNBA, MLS, or any of that other stuff, you can get a win bet account that is our sponsor, $500 risk-free bet coming your way. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Probably guess the rest of the week. And yeah, good luck. Give us a thumbs up. See you.